1: And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Well, you know what?
0: You know it's it Here's the first thing that's interesting, Daryl. I can't remember the last time you and I have podcasted by
1: ourselves. That's what's going on. Oh, it's going to be a blast. And here you are. You're on the left coast. I'm on the, uh, all far on the East Coast in the Big Apple. And we've got uh, listeners coming from all over the world. We're so glad you're here. And by the way, if you're new, to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Welcome, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering true value. We call it Selling from the Heart. Speaking of Selling from the Heart, uh, we just have to give a shout out to our friends that send out cards. I I just continue to be amazed at the reaction that an old school, in the mail, well thought out card uh, engenders when people receive them. It's just so fun.
0: You know, it, it, and it's, and it's interesting because, um, we still, I, how many people are really excited to go to the mailbox? Not very many <laughs> no. <laughs> if, if you happen to still get stuff in your mailbox. Cause most stuff comes electronically now, but yeah. it's so fun because my wife and I, Daryl absolutely love running to the mailbox and we still get send out cards, and now you know we have a we have a grandbaby, and now we're getting cards through send out cards from people that we met at the relationship marketing grand summit with our grandbaby on the front. They're up on our fireplace mantle and all that, and it just you know relationships matter. We talk they about do. it all the time, Daryl, and it's just imagine if you just spend a few minutes to just develop that heartfelt card that makes it about somebody else, which is them and what's important to them. I, I mean, I did, these cards. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to frame a
1: bunch of them. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And I, I absolutely love it. Probably the some of the most favorite five minutes of my day are in the evening. I've got the app on my phone and I have a little message that pops up at eight o'clock every evening to send a card. And I just pull my phone out and boom, you know, it's done. Yeah. And and it, it just, yeah, it ends the day with gratitude for me. So anyhow, if you haven't tried sending a card, go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net and send one for free. But, you know, this whole topic of developing relationships is uh, really a great segue to to the issue that we want to talk about today. And, and that is um, how are you taking care of your current accounts, especially... For those of you who are, are listening, who are tenured sales professionals, you've built a great book of business, you've developed some, you know, really nice accounts in your portfolio. The real question is, you know, how are you taking care of those accounts? And, and even, you know, the question that, that we've been talking a lot about recently is, you know, even though we don't want to think about it, like what would happen if you lost one of your largest accounts?
0: Yeah. And and it's, and it's something that I'm raising the water level on Daryl and actually I just did a video on it this morning and I, and I put it out on LinkedIn and and I didn't do it to disrespect salespeople or be a Debbie downer or anything like that. If relationships matter, if your customers, your clients, however you want to refer to them matter, then what are you doing to consistently build those relationships And, and I'll go to the point is we got to stop taking our clients for granted that they're going to continue to do business with us. Cause I Mm -hmm. think you'll all agree. And I know you'll agree, Daryl, your clients are asking more of you now than they ever have before. And if, and if we're not raising the water level, if we're not digging in deep and we're not proactively going on offense, Mm. so to speak, Mm -hmm. then what? and you know now that we're we've we've kicked off football season right we'll play offense defense i think a lot of times what i start seeing happening i'd be curious on your take on this is we're we're so much into the defense mode right we provide great customer service i provide great customer service well i'm glad you do and you should but in my opinion customer service is pure defense because you're reacting to something yes I want tenured salespeople who've got a great book of business, who are managing some of your organization's top accounts to look at playing offense. What can I proactively do to enhance the experience, to ensure I'm building those relationships, to ensure that I'm continually to educate my clients? That's what's making me nervous.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've just finished reading a book that I, I absolutely love. It's called Excellence Wins, and it's by Horst Schultze. And he was the uh, CEO of Ritz-Carlton, which went, you know, under his tenure from having one hotel to becoming not only the most respected hotel brand for just customer service and, and an amazing experience, but one of the best companies in any industry for that. And, uh, you know, what you're saying is is is, I think, so relevant to all of us as sales professionals is, you know, we we can think that the good customer service our client or our comp- companies provide is enough, but it's really, it's, it's like going on a job interview and having a college degree. That's like just a ticket in the door. It's expected. There's nothing, you know, what really what we're, we're looking at now is, is, uh, you know, Horst Schultze was saying at his hotel chain, Everything was about trying to find a way to anticipate somebody's needs before they brought it up, which what that meant is people were involved and they were aware in terms of what's going on and, and so I think as sales professionals, it comes back on us, especially in the context of our you know bread and butter accounts. How involved are we, and how aware are we you know of, of what's going on in, in those accounts and the you know the reality is if we uh, bag it tag it and, you know, hang it on the wall and then kind of walk away from it until maybe it's time for a renewal or upgrade. And what there's a, there's some huge liabilities in that scenario.
0: Yeah. And it, this just, this just reminds me, it was just last week. I was talking to uh, to a high performing sales rep. We got on this conversation and, you know, for our listeners and Daryl already knows this, I love poking the bear. I use it. I mean, I love having (laughs) conversations. I don't, I do it to get people to think. And as as I'm talking to the, to to this individual, I said, you know, let's just stop for a moment. Let's start thinking about your largest account right now. Mm -hmm. You got that in your head. This person says, yes. How many people inside that account do you know? This person started rattling right name after name. I said, well, okay, how often are you seeing these people, mm. and this is the response, Daryl. Well, they love me, and they and, and they say everything's fine, and they really don't want to see me. Oh, really? Because they say everything's fine, and I said, right. okay. Well, here is my question back: Are you viewed as a sales rep, right? Mm. Or are you viewed as a sales professional? Are you viewed as just a product peddler? Or you view it as a professional who can help them do better business. Dead freaking silence on the phone, right? And the person goes, "A rep," and I go, "We got some work to do, don't we?" Yeah. Well, and that's, that's and that and that's really that has me concerned
1: it's that person's largest account Daryl hmm you know I was leading a panel yesterday at, at a conference I'm at about growing that new business and someone on the panel said something that I thought was was very interesting. He said you know we all want the trusted advisor status uh, with our prospects and clients he said but I can't really, begin to earn trusted advisor status until someone becomes my client. And basically what he was saying is the moment someone becomes your client for, you know, it doesn't matter what you sell the moment you get that first order, you now have the opportunity to become a trusted advisor, but it is an opportunity. And, and if you don't take that opportunity, you're going to be a vendor, right? And if you're just a vendor, of course, who wants to talk to a vendor, unless they, you know, need something. Like, I I don't, you know, I don't want to go to a vending machine unless I need a a Snickers or a Coke, right? I'm not going (laughs) to hang out with a vending machine, Um, but I'm going to hang out with someone that I trust, uh, someone that uh, is able to give me some advice, some insight. And the moment someone becomes a customer, uh, let's just use, you know, the customer-client thing. The moment they become a customer, you have the opportunity to build and nurture that relationship into a client relationship where they're not just seeing you as a human vending machine when they have to buy something, uh, but they're actually seeing you as a person who can add value and insight to their business. So uh, it's the exact opposite of the scenario you were just talking about where, well, they don't really want to talk to me. uh, If we can develop trusted advisor status, we should have clients that look forward to talking to you, that look forward to your name popping up in their LinkedIn feed because they know that there's going to be something interesting and of value in that conversation, face-to-face, digitally, you know, email, whatever it is that that when they see Larry Levine on their radar, they immediately go, ah that's the guy that comes to me with ideas and insight and encouragement and inspiration and all of that.
0: Yeah. You know, and and it reminds me, I I wrote something, this goes back, gosh, months and months and months ago, but I said something as simple as this, Daryl. I said, customers buy things, clients seek out advice. Yes. So how does that really relate? I mean, that's, this is, and I want people to key in on this, right? Whether, you know, Let's just use an attorney for an example, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason being is one of the guys that I work out with, you know, every morning is a lawyer. He always refers to his clients as clients. Right. Yes. And and rightfully so, because he charges a pretty penny per hour to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. his clients come to him to seek out advice. Mm Mm-hmm. So how can we turn this back to salespeople is to Daryl's point is, you know, in order to get to that trusted advisor, you, I mean, you have to get to the point where they become a customer, right? Yes. But then what happens is all too often it stops from there. We, we, we so much talk about this is what's going to happen up until the point that Daryl puts a you know his signature on a piece of paper and right. then the average salesperson out there, right? I'm saying average, right? It, then yeah. all. Also- Right on. Yeah. Woo. Daryl bought some, go <laughs> in the car. They high five, they do all that. They celebrate. Yeah. With and then guess what? They, they, they may, they may stick around for a little bit and then life goes on, right? They're off to, yeah. to their next conquest. And I, yes. you know, I just use that term loosely, but imagine if you're continually sharing the experience, you're continually educating them. That's how you're going to get the trusted advisor status. And that's how you're going to build the relationships with these people. But you're yeah. never going to, you're never going to charge a pretty penny, right? You know, using that term,
1: right. if you don't ever do anything past the sale. No, and you're going to land a customer, but you have to build a client. And I, Larry, I got to see this guy speak yesterday. And, and I was really skeptical at first because the guy that was the keynote address at this conference yesterday, they branded him as the guy that invented the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, come on, whatever, dude, this guy, Chris Messina, Actually invented the hashtag, and he was a fascinating guy. If you, if you hit YouTube and and listen to this guy talk about how he came up with the idea for the hashtag in 2007, and uh, and spun it to the uh, to the founders of Twitter, it was it was fascinating. But um, you know, he was talking about trends in our world, trends in how we consume information, trends in technology, and trends in how we buy things, and it just made me realize more than ever in today's market, if you have customers, they are very, very vulnerable. Um, And he was giving some analogies about how we search for things now. And, and uh, I mean, it got pretty out there in terms of where, where everything's going, but, what it, what it reminded me of is customers buy products. And so if, if a customer buys a product, there's not going to be a whole lot of loyalty built into that. There just isn't. There's a lot of places to get products now. However, clients have a relationship with a trusted advisor. So, you know, it, it's, uh, and I think a lot of this goes down to you know, what we've been talking about in the, the webinars, uh, the web class that, that you're running right now in terms of how to keep from losing your largest accounts is, is what we've got to do is we've got to get proactive. We've got to get on offense with a plan to turn our customers into clients um, and to make sure that, that in the organizations that we serve, especially our key accounts, that we have multiple layers of relationships with people in those accounts that uh, know us, like us, and most importantly, trust us because we've actually brought some insight to their business.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting. And we, and I think you had said, and this goes way back on a podcast, you were talking about sales professionals or leaders, mm-hmm. you know, and we can play off leaders or readers and, and all that thing. And, and, what I want to stress is, you know, we as salespeople, I've been there, Daryl, you've been there, is we tend to become products of our environment and we kind of mm-hmm. just do what we've been shown to do. And, and we're just a product of the culture that we grow up in. And I get that. Yeah. But, but if you want to be a true sales professional, you personally are going to have to hold yourself accountable and you're going to have to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And say, you know what? I'm going to show my company. And I'm going to show my manager how I can lead and how I can enhance the experience and do it for yourself because you got into sales for a certain reason, Mm -hmm. you know, become that leader and become that professional and turn your customers into clients Mm -hmm. and lead by an example.
1: Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it, um, and uh, you know, one of the things is sales reps were all very optimistic, uh, forward thinking, uh, you know, just we're, we're going to get it done. We'll figure it out type people. But I think that it is important from time to time to pause and do, you know, a, a lot of businesses uh, will do risk assessments. Like what is our risk? What's our exposure right now as a business? And if you look at that from the perspective of being a sales professional, you, you kind of have to ask the question, well, what, what is my exposure if you know, uh, not that not that I want to send you into a spiral of worry and anxiety, but like, what's your exposure if you lost one of your top five accounts this year? What would that mean to you? You know, a smart business is going to look at that and they're going to hedge their bets. and And I think as sales professionals, um, we need to to ask that question. You know, to go, okay, you know what? If 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 this deal didn't come through, what would happen? And I think what that needs Uh, to motivate inside us is that um, motivation for some offense (laughs) to go, okay, you know what? If, if uh, I lost one of my top five accounts, what would that mean to me? That should be, you know, that should be some motivation to go, you know, I need to take some action. The cool thing is in taking action. And this is what, this is what I really love about some of the things that you've been teaching in the web class um, and by the way, if you haven't seen uh, the web class, it's coming up this Wednesday. We're going to run it again. It's, it's how to keep from losing your largest accounts. And it's, it's a power-packed web class. But what, um, what I thought, think is really profound about what you teach people in, in that class is the very actions that you use to protect your accounts are also the actions that help you build your pipeline so that, you know, you can grow or, you know, God forbid, something does happen to that account. You've got pipeline there, so you don't have to panic. And, and this is the offense uh, side of the game where, you know, you've got to have, have something in place. If you're an experienced tenured rep, you've got to have a plan in place to make sure that, uh, that you're taking care of those current accounts. Yeah. You know,
0: and, and that was one of the biggest fears that I had when, when I was out in the field is I re, I remember this, Daryl, I, I remember this probably goes back 2010. So mm-hmm. now we're talking nine years ago at that time I took down, uh, it was one of my largest deals I'd ever done. And, and I, it took me a couple of years to put this deal together. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting, it took 30 days to deploy Right. The whole time I'm overseeing it, what do you think I'm worrying about? Oh, don't mess this up. Right. Hey, don't mess this (laughs) up. But, but this is just how my brain was thinking at the time I go, I still got a prospect, right? I still got a, right. Find this because, you know, most people oversee this and forget to do all the other things, right. Which is prospect and try to find some more to put into the funnel. Now that you just took out, you know, a a good size deal. Yeah. What was interesting was, is it took me two years to put the deal together, but Mm -hmm. I didn't stop there. I still had to enhance the experience. I still had to go in there and Mm -hmm. continue to nurture and grow this thing. And this is, and this is why I did the video that I, that I I did this morning was I want salespeople to think about, right? Think about the largest deal that you've done, whether that be now in the past, something that you're Mm -hmm. working on, those are somebody's hard-earned corporate dollars. Mm-hmm. And if after the sale, you all are not doing anything to enhance that, to nurture it, to grow it, to build it, then the question I want you to think about in the back of your mind is, why would they do business with you again? Mm. And, and furthermore, it was interesting, right before we started recording this podcast, I was actually talking to the director of sales. It's for a, premium, it's for a sports team that sells premium suite packages, they're $350,000 a year, Daryl. Yeah. And I said, you know, that's somebody's hard-earned dollars. I said, what would happen if after they bought that, and then at the end of the year, you go to ask them to renew it and they say no, and then you go, why? Well, I really didn't get the experience, right? There was was nothing there. And I'm keeping it simple for this is we got to think about that. Mm-hmm. As sales professionals, you got to enhance past the sale.
1: Well, and that's, you know, what I, I like about um, what what you're teaching in the web class is it's so countercultural because I think in most sales teams, you know, in the bag it and tag it culture, uh, even a lot of sales leaders would would say, don't waste your time going back to current accounts. You've got a prospect. Um, but really what you discovered And what many of our friends are discovering as well is, no, take care of your current accounts and use them um, as you're taking care of them, use them, ask them um, to help you grow your business. And and it's it's just a paradigm shift for, you know, to go, wow, you know, I could take care of my current accounts. And if I do this the right way, I can have them help me uh, grow, grow my business. And, and, you know, this isn't just fantasy. This is, this works. You know, and, and, and it's, and it's, um,
0: (laughs) wow, because I know it does work. And Mm -hmm. and here's here's what I always like throwing at salespeople. Do you take great care of your customers, right? Customers, clients, whatever you want to refer to them as at this point. And they go, yes, I do. Well, of course you do. Then when's the last time you've asked your customers or clients for help? Right. And everyone goes, don't know. I said, if you bust your backside for your clients, then you've earned the right to
1: ask for them to help you grow your business. And that's what I want people to think about. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, any, any good sales trainer will have a slide about getting referrals like ask for referrals. Well, you can't ask for a referral. If you haven't developed a relationship, you can't ask for a referral if you haven't busted your butt. Um, but the moment you, you truly start adding value and taking care of your current client base, you have the basis to ask for a referral. And by the way, who wouldn't want to refer you yeah. when you're in a situation like that, right? And so now, now you're operating off a referral and uh, now you're able to prospect efficiently. Um, you're able to, to leverage relationships to open doors. The cold call has become the warm introduction, uh, you know, you're able to turbocharge a lot of this through social, um, and even <laughs> this is one of the cool things you'll learn in the the web classes is, is how, uh, how to prospect in two hours a week. Uh, while, you know, and many times sitting in your recliner with your laptop in front of you, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a mindset, but it's a mindset of service. And, you know, as, as we wrap all of this up today, and, um, first of all, if you hadn't had a chance to go, um, be a part of the web class on how to keep from losing your largest accounts and you're a tenured sales professional or you lead a team of tenured sales professionals, or maybe you're a new sales professional and you go, well, I want some large accounts. <laughs> uh, well, okay, we'll start doing it the right way. Um, join the class. You, you I'll put it, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's on Wednesday. If you can't come, we'll send you a recording. It's, uh, you can find it at webinars.sellingfromtheheart.net um and uh, it'll it'll direct you to the sign up page for that but you know larry i think all of this when it when it when you boil it all down and you get you know straight through to the core part of the matter it really comes down to attitude do i have an attitude of what's in it for me or do i have an attitude of how can i serve my clients and how can i be somebody that truly Cares and truly adds value inside my clients, especially my key client base. No, it's. uh, I mean, I mean, you said it. I mean, hey, it's Chapter
0: Six of Selling from the Heart. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's a good book. You should check that out
1: sometime. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, when's the last time you read that, dude? (laughs) Oh, come on! It's on my nightstand. It it puts me to sleep every night, Larry. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, well, man. what a great discussion. And uh, you know what, I just, I've, I've once again, I just, I just want to say uh, thank you to all of, all of the friends and the community out there. And by the way um, it's so not only is it encouraging when we see the uh, reviews on the podcast platforms that you listen, where you listen in on iTunes or Google play or Spotify, when you put a reference out there um, it, it really encourages us. But the other thing it actually does is it also spreads the word. And uh, what's happening is more and more people are hearing about selling from the heart. They're listening, it's resonating with them and they're going, yes, finally. Uh, Finally, a group of people that are are saying what I've been thinking and feeling a long time. So if you are an active listener to the podcast and you like it, Please, if you don't like the podcast, please don't leave, leave us a review. <laughs> but but if you if you do, would you do that for us? It would really mean a lot. Uh, give us a few sentences of what you think. But um, and and check out the webinar. Um, the web. It's really not a webinar. It's more like a class. So we're calling it a web class. And Larry, you've been pouring it out there um, for forty five minutes with uh, with a lot of ideas and wisdom. So I just I want to encourage everybody to check out the web class. It's at webinars sellingfromtheheart.net. You'll also find it in the show notes. Any parting words of wisdom as we get ready to, to wrap this up, Larry?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I keep going back to it. I alluded to it. You know, sales is tough. I, I mean, I get it, right? I, I mean, but I'm a sales junkie. I'm a sales nerd. But but I think what, what makes sales enjoyable is when you bring your heart to this, when you yeah. do it because you care. And I'll, I always say, and I'll kind of just I'd like to end it in this way is, you know, we talk about authenticity all the time. And I think it's really simple. You know, just be sincere, bring the goods, show that you care, bring your heart to it. And people latch onto that, especially in the world today
1: where they just don't trust salespeople. That's right. Man, so well said. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this week. Till next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work, delivering real value. Develop an offensive plan to protect and take care of your client base. And most of all, sell from the heart.